The book of Acts, the third chapter, opens up with a very powerful testimony of the goodness of God in his disciples as the Lord had left them in the earth. And they came to the temple at the hour of prayer to a man that perhaps they had walked by a thousand times. And Peter and John, looking on him, commanded him to rise up, to stand up on his feet, and to be healed. They did it in the name of Jesus. But what may surprise you, and we quote it often, but it needs to, it needs to saturate our minds. They did not do it because they had much silver and gold. They did it because they had Holy Ghost power. And the church of the 21st century has done everything that we can to acquire silver and gold. And I'm afraid that in our quest for silver and gold, we've lost power. And my prayer is tonight, and maybe this is too strong for some people, some of my pastor friends and other churches that will see this, and that's okay. But I'm saying, God, if you've got to strip us of the silver and gold, just give us the power. Amen. And so there were onlookers that day that were astonished by what God had done. And a man who literally seconds before could not even enter into the temple now goes into the temple leaping and praising God. It is the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost that will give signs to onlookers in this evil day. I thank God for the beautiful building that we have. But if anybody walks in here and they're more impressed by the building than they are the power that they feel, we have failed miserably. Amen. And so as Peter begins to speak to the onlookers in the 19th verse, he is talking to them. They, they're standing around after they have seen the healing of this lame man. This is some of the most powerful words in the, in the book of Acts. I started with this today, but I'd like to just kind of move on into a second dimension if we can tonight. He said, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the time of refreshing, somebody say refreshing, shall come. And where's it coming from? <laughs> the only times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Somebody say, come on, Jesus. Whom the heaven must receive until the time of restitution. Somebody shout restoration. The times of restitution of all things. Which God hath spoken by the mouth. Of all his holy prophets since the world began. Repent and be converted. Be refreshed. Be restored. That Christ may return. Think about it. Repent. Be revived. Be refreshed. Be restored. That he may return. I don't really have a big long title that's catchy for you tonight. But I want to preach to you about those three elements. Repentance. 
refreshing or revival and restoration. Repentance, refreshing, and restoration. You may be seated in the name of Jesus. Acts 3 and 19 begins, I believe, one of the most powerful elements or lists of elements of things that we may look beyond as casual readers of the Word of God. But there is something about it that I believe unlocks, from my perspective, the return of Christ to the earth. And I think I've preached this a lot through the years that heaven has become more of an escape strategy for us, really, uh, than it has anything. Where when times get tough, we start praying that God would come. And that really is more like we desire the ministry of extraction. It's like when times get tough, we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hurry up and get us out of the trouble. But the truth is that if you've never had trouble, then you really don't need to be refreshed. And so repentance, as I began with this morning, I... I preached to you for a little while about repentance, so I won't go too deep with it today about the making of a disciple. But repentance is such a powerful element that's missing in common religion today because I believe it is at repentance, not just baptism and infilling of the Holy Ghost. I believe it is at repentance that true conversion transpires. And I believe that we can cross-reference that with the Scripture and that we can know beyond a doubt Repent ye therefore and be ye converted. I believe that repentance and conversion go hand in hand. And I believe that baptism in Jesus' name is what seals that conversion where you are ready to lay down your old life and take on the name of Jesus Christ. Your conversion is not based on your baptism. Your conversion is based on a made-up mind. And if your mind is not made up, What good is it to be baptized with a mind that has not been converted? Come on, somebody. I thank God for the revelation of Jesus' name, baptism. I thank God, Acts 4 and 12, that there is not salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. But true conversion must happen before we take on the name of Jesus. I believe that if there is a call that must go out as clearly as it's ever gone out from the days of John Baptist until now, it is the cry that must drip from the lips of every apostolic preacher and child of God in this hour. Repent! Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I feel tonight that repentance must be preached in His name in all nations beginning at Jerusalem. I believe that repentance must be preached in Anderson, Indiana. I believe that repentance must be preached in Washington, D.C. I believe that repentance must be preached in Los Angeles. I thank God that repentance is what brought conversion and not re-election. There's a lot of people that feel like the answer to this world are putting certain people in power and position. But I'm going to tell you, 
What your pastor believes tonight, I'm going to tell you what I believe with all my heart. There will never be another Savior beside Jesus Christ. If you're looking for somebody to save this nation, you're not going to find it except for Jesus Christ. And his blood is powerful enough to save this nation and every nation around the world. Come on, somebody shout yes if you believe it. So, repentance is powerful. We must be converted. We must turn our faces away from this world. As a matter of fact, this same principle is right here in this same book. In the book of Acts. Save yourselves from this untoward. Somebody shout untoward. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Save yourselves. I could say that about 20 times and it'd still be good preaching. Save yourselves. Get a made up mind. No matter what happens, I will be saved. No matter what happens, my family will be saved. No matter what happens, I will be in the house of God. No matter what happens, I will have a prayer life. No matter what happens, I will be in the word. Save yourselves. I think some of us are waiting for the generation to get toward. The generation is not going to turn toward God. Some were waiting on the salvation of Sodom. And God was waiting on the righteousness of Lot. How is it that God was willing to save a city for ten righteous people? The focus was not on how wicked Sodom was. Sodom was going to be destroyed. But the Lord said if the righteous would but lift their voice and be righteous, I'll save the city. Listen, the answer to this nation is for the righteous to stand up and proclaim repentance and righteousness. We must repent and be converted. That our sin be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I like refreshing. I love on a hot day. There's few things that I like anymore on a hot day. I know you're supposed to just drink water because it's just the way it is. But when I'm really hot, I love a good cold glass of iced sweet tea. Man, it's refreshing. And I'm not talking about just a little bit of sugar either. I want it like sweet. I want it good. I want good sweet tea. I like to be refreshed. Somebody shout refreshed. I like that refreshing feeling that you get when you've been out in the heat working and you step through the door and realize you paid your electric bill. Come on, somebody. I know how you people are. You get in that, that car on a hot day and just push max AC. Like it's going to cool down. It ain't going to cool down any faster, but it's sure going to blow a lot harder and it makes us feel better. There's something about that refreshing feeling, that cooling for the soul. Yet the psalmist was so desperate, he said, as the deer pants after the water brook, the deer desires to be refreshed. He said, my soul needs a refreshing from you. But I want to tell you something tonight, church of the living God. We are looking for refreshing in the wrong direction. 
we are told in the book of Acts, the third chapter and the 19th verse, that refreshing only comes from the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you right now that our relationship with God has got to be based on finding ourselves in the presence of the Lord every day. If you want to be refreshed, you've got to get in His presence. I'm going to preach to you a little bit tonight, and it's going to sound like I'm probably on a soapbox, and if that's the case, so be it. But i got to preach to us tonight. In a time when powerless Pentecost has been the rule rather than the exception, and we've got more deserts than we do downpours, and we've seen more perversion than we have power, and more playboys than we have prophets that will open their mouth and speak the word of God, and we've had more compromise and we've had conviction. We need an indwelling of the Holy Ghost again that will grip the hearts of humanity and let us know in the 21st century it's not time for us to play church. It's not time for us to patty cake around. It's not time for us to find what we like best and pick the word apart. It's time for us to be fully indwelled with Him that's on high. We need a Holy Ghost indwelling. We need Him that sits high to condescend and indwell our human hearts. But let us first count the cost. Though Pentecost meant power to the disciples, it also meant prison and banishment from organized religion. Though Pentecost brought the favor of God, it also brought the hatred of men. Though Pentecost produced great miracles, it also produced great obstacles. Pentecost required men to leave old wells of past tradition and drink from the fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying tonight that where we've been does not still serve a purpose and don't misconstrue what I'm saying. We've got to continue to draw water from the wells of salvation. But I'm afraid that we have let the wells of modern religion replace the wells of salvation. We've got to go back to what preceded this modern idea of what a well of living water looks like and get back to the same well that that woman visited when Jesus sat with her he said whosoever drinks of this water shall never thirst again There were systems and structures that were in place. They served their time and they had their day. But it was whether men thought you were all right. And Jesus looked at them and said, your good works need to glorify your Father that's in heaven. Don't you worry about glorifying the Sanhedrin. Don't you worry about glorifying corrupted political systems in the church. I know we look at the world and think it's corrupted politicians that are messing with America. But I want to tell you that that same corrupt political spirit has been in the church of the living God and it has absolutely captivated the hearts of men and women when they're willing to lay down conviction that God has spoken to them in prayer in order to be re-elected and hold positions in Pentecost it's tight but it's right I've sat with the young ministry in this church several times through the years and we've discussed the issues that honestly perplex my mind and my spirit how far are we willing to go so to speak to extend the right hand of fellowship 
What is it that we're willing to lay down just to connect our hearts with somebody? Forgive me if it sounds like I'm being controversial tonight because my intention is not controversial. But I don't believe you can preach truth and it not be controversial to some people in this society. I'm telling you right now, I don't care what the rest of the world does. I still believe in holiness. I still believe in godliness. I still believe in righteousness. I still believe in separation. And I believe it's the hand of God on our churches. It's going to stay there by holiness. Let me set that up on the tee for you, okay? I thank God for holiness. I thank God for separation. I thank God for righteousness. But I want to tell you what I believe breaks the heart of God is when our separation and standard of dress are the only signs that indicate we're apostolic. Can I preach in here tonight? I came in here on this Sunday night to defy every power of darkness that's doing its best to rip the church of the living God from stem to stern. And I'm declaring to you tonight that God is not coming back for a powerless church. He's not coming back for a prayerless church. He's coming back for a church that walks in authority and demonstration. Oh yes, I believe he's coming back for a holy church. I believe he's coming back for a righteous church. But it's not going to be a lame church that just professes holiness and doesn't know his presence oh well you know people could could tell a difference in Peter and John and actually they could tell they could tell a difference how how'd they tell the difference they could tell they'd been converted when they couldn't walk past the lame man anymore. Something happened in their minds and in their hearts. They said yesterday we didn't have the power to do anything about this. But today we've been given power. And we're not going to be the ones that get to glory. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give I thee. In the name that is above every other name. In the in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. I want to tell you tonight. That the authority is still in the name. It's in the name. Somebody shout it's in the name. Everybody doing all right? I feel good. I want to tell you tonight, FPC, I feel pretty strong about some things through the years, and this is probably going to upset people if they hear it. That's okay. I'm just, I'm the pastor, and I got to speak my heart. I don't understand people wanting to remove apostolic identity from their churches. I'm sorry, I don't. I mean, if I hurt somebody's feelings, you know, it's not, that's not my intention. I just don't understand why we're so afraid for people to pull on our lot and see that we're apostolic. And it's not just something I want to harp on. I mean, I've literally sat in meetings and planning sessions for churches trying to, trying to help them strategize. And their words were, well, I really don't want to put Pentecost on the sign because then people automatically just and they don't, they, they, they don't want to stop by. And listen, I'm going to tell you something about that. The people that stop by a Pentecostal church, they, that's why they're coming. 
Brother Shepherd, Brother Shepherd told that story the other night, and I hadn't got it out of my mind since then. If you weren't here, I don't know exactly where it was or whatever, but he shared the story about an apostolic pastor that was in the church praying, felt to go pray at the church early that morning, and somebody was beating on the door. And so he walked out to the door, and the man said, I just went to this church over here across the street, told him what was going on in my life, that I'm a mess and I'm, I'm in trouble, blah, blah, blah. And that pastor of that denominal church looked at him and said, look, buddy, I don't have anything here that can help you. But if you'll go to that church right there across the street, that Pentecostal preacher, they got something in there that will help you. Listen. Oh, God. People have already stated around denominationalism. They've looked for... They've looked for power and found empty chambers that were powerless. But oh God have mercy. Let us be a church of Pentecost that are powerful. I, I'm not just trying to harp up here tonight. I, I don't want to sound mean. But I, I, I literally do not understand why in the world. We would ever be in a position where people would have to ask us, are you guys Pentecostal? Is this all right, Brother Lang? Welcome to Fountain Church. I don't even know if anybody passed you. I'm just, I'm just, welcome to Fountain Church. I drive through cities all the time. I've traveled all across this country. And they're like, go past Wellspring. What's that? I mean, dry, living water. And you get on their website, it takes you 45 minutes to just find out what they believe. As soon as you get to FPC, fpcanderson.com, click on About Us. We're at Deuteronomy 6.4. Acts 2.38 church, it ain't hard to figure out what we believe. Come on, somebody. If the Lord commanded the Israelites to put it on the doors and the windows of their own houses, my God, why shouldn't we put it on the door of his house? Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. I still believe in the one true living God. I'm trying to get there, church. I'm trying to get there. When, when, when people come in, and I'll just tell you, we need, we, we need a, little, a little neat miracle right now. Can I just be real honest and not sound negative? Brother Sean King, I hate our church sign. Is that okay, Brother McLean? If anybody's watching this, that has a hundred thousand dollars wants to buy us a sign we'll take it I hate it but I'm gonna tell you one thing until we until we can pay cash for the one that we want to put I'm not taking one down I don't want people guessing what we are I, I, I keep doing this tonight so I Put it up here on the tee. I got you dancing, shouting. I like it. But my problem is when the outside sign is more powerful. Oh 
We've gone the distance to put out First Pentecostal Church. Ooh. I've heard great things about these people. I've heard that's where cancer is healed. I've heard that's where blind eyes are open. I've heard that's where the crippled walk. I've heard that's where the dumb talk. But when they walk through the doors of our churches, are they more overwhelmed by what they read on the sign than what they feel in the pew? I don't just want a sign on the outside. I want there to be signs on the inside. I want the Holy Ghost to saturate and permeate this house with power. Uh, I want there to be a refreshing in this house that only comes from the presence of the Lord. I want there to be a refreshing in this house that when the sin-weary traveler walks through the doors, they may have walked in here wearied by the sin in their life, but they leave here rapture ready because of the Spirit of God that has moved on them and changed them. Converted them. So I'll say it to you like this. We can have bragging rights and act like we've got the monopoly on the moving of the Holy Ghost. But if all we do is talk about the wind and nobody ever feels it blow, we're in trouble, Brother Snow. I don't know how many of you have ever been in a situation like this. I remember when I was a kid, Brother Mike Bingham was pastoring in uh, Key West, Florida. And in Andrews, just uh, north of there, before you kind of go down toward Miami and turn, turn that direction, there was a real bad hurricane that it came through, and I, I was probably 13, 14 years old when we drove through that area, and it was devastated by the hurricane. There were houses, like parts of houses laying everywhere. And then a couple years ago, uh, my family and I, in our, in our home, in our neighborhood, we gave God praise for it. There was a tornado that came through Pendleton, out where we live on the south end of town. Came right through Pendleton, hopped over the road, literally. I'm not kidding. If you would have came and seen the damage, literally, honest before God, it came across the highway, lifted over the top of our house, landed on the next street, and went all the way down to the end of the street. Houses, literal roofs of houses just completely lifted off and laying out in the yard. And my wife and girls were laying in there underneath the staircase. And all I could hear was, honey, please get in here. Please get in here. Please get in here. I said, well, if it's going to tear my daggum roof off, I at least want to watch. Standing out in the front yard. I like a good storm. My God, if you're going to tear my house up, at least let me get it something for the price of admission. Watching. What's your point, Pastor? My point is, when a tornado is blown through a city, you don't have to ask anybody. When there's been a hurricane that's blown through, you don't have to stop and ask somebody, did the wind blow through here? When there are trees twisted around backwards, laying down across the street, there's sirens everywhere, lights flashing everywhere. You don't have to pull up and say, something happened? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And when they walked out of the upper room, nobody had to ask, did something happen in there? You know what I'm praying? I'm praying God wreck us so good with a wind from heaven again. Let it blow through here that it's evident everywhere we go. We've been refreshed by the presence. A flood will leave an unmistakable evidence of its presence. A fire is certainly self-announcing. When a fire has consumed a home, you don't have to second guess what has happened. Yet we as a people claim that we have been consumed by the fire of heaven. And can't nobody tell when they drive by us that we are literally consumed. I want to tell you what your pastor believes tonight. Just hear me when I tell you. Pentecost is not to be the most braggadocious group in the world that feels like we've got a monopoly in a corner on the doctrine. We are absolutely created to be the evidence of the wind and the fire and the spirit and the effects thereof. We are not created to just be that holy group that sits over there in their church and judges other people. God forbid if that's ever the tag that's put on us and there's any accuracy to it at all. But I want to tell you this tonight and I can say this with a blessed assurance that people won't care how much it costs when they come in and feel how powerful it can be. We're still trying to sell people on the cost of living a holy life. My God, let them get consumed by the fire and it won't matter. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying from a desperate heart tonight, we need another drenching downpour of the Holy Ghost and the fire. We need to be consumed again. We need the wind to blow again. Just like the day of Pentecost. God, let it blow. True standard bearers of the truth of God that have repented and are ready for refreshing. They're always willing. You can tell when they've repented because they're willing to trade their dignity for demonstration. Here comes another one I've talked about so much. The preachers in this church. But they'd be willing to trade their degrees for a revelation. We're so consumed with it. Ooh. I sure hope people are impressed. Because I've got more degrees than a thermometer. I'm going to tell you all something. I want this church to be so wealthy in education. I want our young people to have education. I, I, I really do. It's, it's something that I, I didn't have the, the opportunity when I was young to, to, to get a good college education. I wouldn't trade it because I've, I've been blessed with ministry. I'm going to tell you something. There is no replacing authentic revelation with academia. That's better preaching than a golf clap right there. many textbooks you can put in your library if you don't know the book 
Why in the world are we so consumed about books that talk about the Bible and don't ever read the Bible? They'll trade their marketing for miracles. I thank God for the gifts that we have in this church. I did the marketing of this church as long as I wanted to. God sent us good help. Not just good help, great help. We got some incredible marketers. I'm talking about have degrees from some of the top business universities in, in the United States. But oh God, I'd shut down every Facebook account, Instagram account, Twitter account, any account we got. You want to know how to market? You start letting wheelchairs get emptied out. Come on, somebody. You start letting deaf people hear. You start letting dumb people talk. You start. I feel that old sign in the Holy Ghost in here tonight. I'm telling you, church family, hear me when I tell you tonight. I'm not going to be a part of a dead church when the Lord comes back. Well, but pastor, I've just been disheartened because I've prayed for people to get healed and they didn't get healed. You know what? I've had the same questions in my mind and I prayed for people to get healed and it wasn't the will of God for them to be healed. But I still believe that he's a healer and I still believe that he's a deliverer and I still believe he can heal any sickness. I still believe he can heal any disease. I still believe he's greater than COVID-19. I still believe he's greater than cancer I still God I'm about to have a runaway in here tonight I believe he's greater I wish to God that our lousy newspapers around here would actually print some good news like a diabetic got healed like a cancer patient got healed may we be a powerful church that the news takes note Absolutely, we're in a terrible mess. And I'm not ashamed to say it. It's lousy leadership that will leave behind Americans and other nations. But I'm not looking at that leadership. I'm looking at a mighty God who has never left me. He has never forsaken me. He has never left me behind. And I'm going to tell you something else you can't forget. Those people over there that we've been praying for that are serving God, standing for the one true living God, they're not alone either. And they weren't left behind by heaven. An apostolic church that wants to be refreshed and has been repented, they'll absolutely trade their reputation for true repentance. They'll get rid of their tongues of poison for tongues of fire that are set ablaze by the Holy Spirit of God. It don't take a lot 
to stand around and be critical about the things of God. But it takes a whole lot to lay that on the altar and say, God, I don't care how mad I get. I don't care what I go through. I'm going to serve you and I'm going to seek you every day. Hey, I want to tell you something tonight. Some of us are not seeing public displays of the power of God because we quit speaking in tongues in private places. We got preachers right now that are worried about people speaking in tongues in their church. Scared they're going to scare guests off. I, I, I want us to keep speaking in tongues and keep people getting the Holy Ghost. But I'm not near as worried about the public places as I am the prayer closet. If you'll speak in tongues in your prayer closet, you won't be able to help but speak in tongues in the house of God. I'm a long ways, so if y'all want to stand, that's all right. It's time to raise the standard in the church again. It's time for the church to launch out into the deep waters again. It's time for us to be unashamedly and unabashedly apostolic from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. We need to go a little deeper to the place... Brother Stephen Gill, where we can't stand on our own. That's a problem, Brother Horner, with our message of faith. We always preach just enough faith that we can still stand up if it falls apart. If God don't come through, we can still make it. I'm going to tell you, first of all, he's going to come through. (laughs) Oh, I just know. Beyond a doubt that these are dark times. We are standing on the hills of communism in this nation. Look, let's quit dancing around the elephant. We're there. The divisions in this nation aren't because we hate each other. It's because we're told to hate one another. There is a cure for that. When you walk into a church where there's red, yellow, black, and white, and they've all been filled with the same Holy Ghost. Just this week, I read crazy stuff. And I was reading just this week some books on tactics of communism that were written way back in the 1960s from people that had come out of communism. This is what they said. Start racially dividing the people. Start setting fires in every neighborhood so that your your public servants and your military have to be separated. Listen, why? Because if they're all together, they're impenetrable. This came from the manifesto, folks. We're seeing it happen. Believe me, I was in San Francisco yesterday. I ain't lying to you. It's insanity. This world's crazy. But I'm not going to gripe about how dark the world is without putting some light in it. I'm sorry. But I'm tired of hearing apostolic say, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We better do the same thing we should have always been doing. If my people... Which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn 
look, look. Second Chronicles 7, 14. Was not the Lord speaking to Solomon about what the world was going to do? He said, if my people... My people were the ones. My people were the ones with wicked ways. It's a sad day in America. I, I told my family the other day, I think I mentioned Brother Lang this morning. It's a sad day yesterday on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I'm not going to lie, Brother Snow. I was a little bit trepidatious when I got on the plane yesterday. I was. It's a shame in America to get on a plane and wonder. This world needs a refreshing. But it's only going to come. I feel my help in here right now. God have mercy. It is only going to come from the presence of the Lord. And when we seek him, I'm going to tell you what this old preacher believes. I believe that God is going to lean over the pavilions of glory and the sapphire seal of heaven's gate. And he's going to take in a deep breath of eternal air. And he's going to blow on the church an end time revival that the enemy cannot stop. It is a refreshing that will refresh this world. I'm going to do everything I can to stop communism in this country. I don't want to be communist. I'm going to tell you spoiled rotten Americans something. There's communist nations all over the world that have believers that have never stopped believing. They may defund the police, but they won't defund the officers in this church. If I got to pay them out of my pocket and feed them at my table. How can you be so sure? Because I've never seen the righteous forsaken. My God, if you can't feel the Holy Ghost in here, you're half dead. I feel it up in here, Josh. I could throw this microphone. Sister Jenny, she could preach tonight. I feel him up in here. Because we need a refreshing. Thank you for all you do, my brother. I appreciate you for all you do. But God's going to have to give us something better than just what law and order can bring. We need the order of the Holy Ghost. We need order back in the church. We need the breath of God to breathe in the church. We need fresh life in the church. Oh God! I'm preaching to you tonight what I feel. It's only 7.08 and I'm getting closer. Harrison, we've trusted too much in organization and plans and goals, objectives, schedules. We've organized our flow charts, our committees, our departments. And I thank God for it. But I'm praying tonight, Holy Ghost, clear it all. God, give us revival. It's so powerful. That it's beyond what we could ever plan for in a committee meeting. Yes. 
Maybe y'all have missed why I'm doing Bible study training around here. I'm not training people to teach one person at a time. I'm believing that you're going to step out and teach one. And this thing's going to blow up. You're going to have Bible study groups of 30 and 40 and 50 and 60. And the wind is going to blow. And people are going to be getting the Holy Ghost in your house, in their house, in Starbucks. God, I feel it. Let that refreshing come from the presence. <laughs> if you've repented and been refreshed, there comes another phase that we read in the third chapter, in the 21st verse, whom the heaven must receive until the time of the restitution. Of all things that God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. What's this saying to us? That God is about to restore every word that his prophets have spoken. If he said it. <laughs> oh God, y'all could preach this right now. I said if he said it. It's going to happen. Pastor, what if I'm not alive to see it? If he said it. What if I die before I see it? If he said it. My God, it feels like camp meeting in here on Sunday night. The restoration of all things. If he said that Israel would be saved. Six nations right now. Six nations as of this week that have lined themselves up with the Taliban. Six. Very interesting. All six of them. That despise the Holy Land and Israel. Is this something? Six nations? Six. And we're wondering how in the world is Armageddon going to happen? Woo! Does it scare you, Pastor? No. Because the prophet of old said, every nation... That rises against Israel. That God was literally going to strip the flesh off of their bodies. I was standing on the Temple Mount. Quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6. When the thought crossed my mind. That I may never see this mountain again in my flesh. 
but I will see it again. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe he's coming back just like he said. But I believe that before he comes back, we're going to see him with a mighty hand begin to raise up the harvest. We're going to see the season where the plowman overtakes the reaper. Can I, can, I, can I hurry? If y'all are tired of standing, I didn't ask you to, so you just do what you feel to do. I'm almost there. Don't leave me, Lucille. I heard a story years ago about an old preacher that found himself in the rainforest of Central America. While he was going about his ministry, he came across a witch doctor. When he walked up on the witch doctor, the witch doctor was holding a bullfrog. And he took that bullfrog, which represents uh, demonic stuff, witchcraft, the bullfrog. Don't, don't study on it. Just take my word for it. And he had this bullfrog, and he was doing incantations, and he opened up the mouth of the bullfrog and forced it. He was putting human blood and alcohol in the mouth of the bullfrog. Oh, yeah, this, like, this ain't a joke. Like, it's It's legit. It's out there. People do it. It happens. And he, 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 he put human blood and alcohol in the mouth of the bullfrog. And he started doing witchcraft incantation. And then when he finished it, he opened up the mouth of that frog and drank the blood and the alcohol out of the mouth of the frog. And we say it's hard to be holy. You ask too much of us to come to church three times a week. I'll tell y'all something. If anybody ever tells you that your pastor drank anything from a bullfrog, <laughs> Brother Gray, you can just punch him in the jaw. Because they lying on me. And so you would think that that old preacher just walked up to that guy and said, Hey, uh, Mr. Witchcraft, sir, we're having a meeting here in town. would like for you to come to church one night. He didn't walk up to him and say, uh, Excuse me, Mr. Sorcerer. I'd like to tell you sometime about the goodness of Jesus. Let me give you my business card. Brother King... They said that old preacher walked up, slapped that guy on both sides of the head and said, come out. They said when he said that, come out, they said that old boy fell over and went limp as a dish rag. And when he turned back over, he was speaking with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm tired of playing games with the devil. We are moving into a season of restoration. So that night, he wasn't staying at a Hilton. He was staying in a, in a, in a, in a, in a home of some guests. Uh, some, he was a guest in somebody's house. They were hosting him. And he went to this little humble room that he was staying in. And I don't know how they had church like this. I mean, I don't know how they live like this. But, Brother Snow, this is horrible that God would expect this of anybody in Central America. 
He was staying in a house that had no air conditioning. Do you feel sorry for him? Oh, wow, he said. Man, are we soft. So he opened up his windows. He said, man, it was hot and damp. It was rainforest. You know, he said, it was hot, damp. And all of a sudden, he was just about asleep in that room. Brother Castro, he said this wind, this cold wind, he started shivering. Blew into the room and the curtain stood straight out in the room. He said this foul odor filled the room. And his bed started shaking. And scooted out to the center of the room. And that old preacher sat up in his bed that was shaking. And he said, you devil, I recognize you. Because I cast you out a couple hours ago. He said, I told you the first time and I'm telling you again, get out of here. He said immediately, those curtains came back down. The hot air filled the room. The bed stopped shaking and the odor left. But he said, I got to thinking about it and it made me mad because my bed was in the middle of the room. He said, he sat up in the middle of his bed and he said, devil, get back in here. He said, the curtains that cold wind filled the room he said the foul odor filled the room and he said when I walked in this room to rest tonight my bed was against the wall and I'm telling you put it back he said his bed started shaking and he wrote it out he about fell out of the bed that old bed got right up against the wall and it stopped shaking and the curtains went down and the odor left and the hot, the hot air filled the room again and he laid down and he went to sleep. What does the age of restoration look like? Here's the picture. Put it back. I'm not just here to cast it out. I'm here to command. You owe me sevenfold of everything. Put it back. coming here tonight to sniff out every devil to expose every fallacy and every lie but I'm not content tonight to just tell the devil to go I want him to restore everything that he took it's a season of restoration it's time to be restored the kingdom of heaven will restore what governments take the kingdom of heaven will restore what the palmer worm and the canker worm and the locusts have taken. The kingdom of heaven will restore it. So tonight we're declaring from the sanctuary of the Most High, put it back. Somebody shout it with me. Put it back. Uh -huh. 
I want my peace back. I want my joy back. I want my family back. I want my city back. I want my nation back. Tyler, give me Joel 2, I believe it's 2 and 19. Give me Joel 2 and 19. Uh, yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith, and I will no more make you a reproach among the heathens. I'm closing. Somebody say oil. oil. Somebody say corn. corn. Somebody say wine. wine. He said, I'm going to send it. The corn represents the word of God. He's going to send us back a strong word. That preachers aren't going to cower down when the pressures of society push us and say either change your doctrine or close the doors. Brother Looper, God's about to restore his word in this nation. He's about to restore his word in the church. He's about to restore his word in Israel. The oil represents the Holy Ghost. I believe there's a restoration of the Holy Ghost outpouring that's coming to us. I don't believe it's going to be a fresh outpouring. I believe it's going to be a restoration of an old outpouring that happened on the day of Pentecost. My God, I feel a strong angel in here right now. And the wine represents joy. I believe we're about to see restoration of the word, the spirit, and God's about to restore joy to his church. People that should have been filled with the spirit but have walked around with their head down and tucked between their tail. I'm going to tell you something tonight, church. He's restoring the joy of his salvation in the church of the living God. I'm never going to finish this sermon, so we're getting ready to let God do what he wants to do. But he ain't going to just do it because I said he was going to do it. I want you to know what restoration looks like. It's in Luke 15. And the woman lost her coin. But Brother Wendell Evans, the Bible said that to find the coin, the first thing she did was she swept the house. Restoration only comes with a house cleaning. If my people, if my people, if my people, if my people. She cleaned the house and then she lit the lamp. This wasn't about the boy or the lamb that was lost. This was about what was lost in the house. And to find it, she had to clean the house and light the lamp. Hear me right now. We need to have a clean house and we need to be brighter than we've ever been. I'm tired of talking about the darkness. I'm ready to get bright.
put it back. Put it back. Put it back. transparent right now I am I am absolutely fed up to the top of my lid with this perverse plague I'm sick of it I'm sick of what it's taken from the church I'm sick of what it's taken from our country from around the world I'm sick of it I'm sick of it dividing people If you can't see yet, that's been the principle the whole time. Have church, don't have church. If you have church, you're reckless. If you don't, you're faithless. And there's parties on both screaming it. Vax, not vax. Well, you idiots wear masks. Well, you idiots don't. I'm sick of it. Honestly, God, I'm tired of it. And it's going to be here. I didn't ride with one person yesterday on, on any flight that wanted to wear one. Not one. Not one. It's, it's out there. It's crazy. But listen to me. I am commanding tonight. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. God, I feel it so strongly, I can't hardly catch my breath. I can't speak to anything else but to the church of the living God tonight. I command this demonic plague that was released in the earth to leave us alone. And I command everything that's taken from us to be restored. I command the division in the body of Christ to be removed. And I release unity in the body.
people's jobs to be loosed in the name of Jesus. And if they get fired, I command a better job to open. I command everything that's been taken to be restored. get victory in here tonight you ain't gonna get victory pastor what are you mad at I'm mad at the devil and I hate his guts will you young guy will you four come stand up here with me you five hey come up here stand with me I want you guys to come stand up here just stand up here all you pretty faces just come stand up here I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. These boys were just standing there. I'll get in line. I want to tell you five something. I wish I could look you all in the eye at the same time. But I'm going to preach to you five. I love you. And I'm proud of you. And I'm proud to be your pastor. And I'm going to tell you something, boys. I want you to listen to what I'm telling you right now. You will not be raised in a powerless church that's afraid of every wind that blows in this age. You hear me? You boys are going to be mightily used of God. And if you preach the word of God, you're going to preach it with more power and more authority than I've ever preached it. You're going to see more souls saved than I've ever seen in my lifetime. You guys will see the glory of God reign in this city and in this church and in this nation. I release it on you right now. I break every spirit of fear off of you. I command you come out of your shell in the name of Jesus. God, release it on them right now in the name of Jesus. 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 They will not be afraid. They will not be weak. They will not be broken. They will preach to a restored generation. Noah, come here, buddy. I want you to go stand up there by him, son. I believe in you. I want you to raise your hands in the name of Jesus. Everything the devil has taken, put it back. Put it back. Put it back. you look me right in the eye everything he's took from you he's putting it back tonight I command it come back in the name of Jesus get your hands off of it and put it back Brother Lang, will you come stand by them on the front row, please? Come stand by In the name of the Lord Jesus, everything that this virus has taken from the mission fields, I command them to come open right now, and I command it to be put back. Devil, we are coming back with a vengeance. 
and every moment of time you thought you stoned, we are coming back. And I claim tenfold, even hundredfold harvest, and we will see the glory of God put it back. refreshing restoration and then the return